All righty, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you all for your patience as we try to get things set up. So tonight we're going to uh, talk about a few things that the Lord have laid on my heart to uh, share. So um, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the third chapter of the book of Second uh, Timothy. third chapter of the book of 2 Timothy, all right, we're going to start reading, start reading at verse 1. Says this, know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. So everybody see what he's saying there? That that's the first thing he starts with, is men being lovers of their own selves. And this is the beginning of perilous times. And uh, you have to understand what that's saying when he says that, when Paul says that that basically people are going to make a God out of themselves. They're going to basically what we got today, and unfortunately today that's the norm. People, lovers of their own selves. Everybody understand? In other words, you first. Now that, that's dangerous whether you know it or not. I don't care what, they, uh, what the psychiatrists say. You being first, you putting yourself first, uh, you're, the, you're the start of the perilous times. That's where perilous times come from. Everything else that fall after that is a result of people putting themselves first. Everybody understand? Think about it. I, tonight, I didn't feel like uh, we, we had a very, very, very busy day today. Very, very busy. What would have happened if I had put myself first? Everybody see? In other words, there's some people out there that, that can't afford to do that. Everybody understand? And so that's what brings in the perilous times is be, people being selfish. So it says bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Everybody understand what that's saying? That's now, a lot of times when people read that, they think about children. This is not talking about necessarily children. This is talking about also grown people who are doing things different than what their parents raised them to do. They're disobedient to their upbringing. Everybody understand? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasure, pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. In other words, they're religious. Now, this is talking about people that's in church. This is, of course, Paul didn't care to write about people that what they were doing out in the world because they needed to be preached to and needed to get saved in the first place. 
this is talking about people who are in church. He said that this, this time will come where this will be the case. That people in church, they're going to look just like people in the world, but they're going to have a form of godliness. In other words, they're going to be religious, and they're going to think that their religiousness can override their being worldly, like the world, the things we just read here. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. When he says denying the power, he's talking about people who claim to live for God, but won't let God change them. Everybody understand? So they got all of this going on. First thing is they're lovers of selves. Now, I can't tell you the number of people that, that, that's that way. Lovers of self. That's a dangerous, that's dangerous, dangerous. When you put yourself before other people. You, you are a dangerous individual. And I'd be very surprised if you had any friends whatsoever. Because after a while, <laughs> people will find out. Everybody understand? And there is something going on with this generation today. In my generation, when you made friends, you made friends for life. Whatever friends you had in, in first grade, second grade, third grade, elementary, that you were friends for life. And it wasn't because you got along in every detail and because you were just alike. Sometimes your friends rubbed you the wrong way, told you what you didn't want to hear, all of that, but that you didn't stop being friends with them. But when you're lovers of self, you don't want to be told anything. And anybody that tell you something contrary to what your itching ears want to hear, you break up with them. We're not friends anymore. You see the danger there. And you also see, if you can see the danger in that, you can see why people don't grow. You'll never grow running away from teachers. Everybody understand? You'll never grow running away from truth. Everybody understand? All right. Look what it said, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now, that's not saying that they're saying that with their mouth. It's saying they're religious, but not holy. They're religious, but they don't look saved at all. To, to, when you measure them by the word of God, they won't measure up to the word of God. They're religious, but that's all. They deny the power in, uh, of God in their works, in their, in, their, in, in their life. Everybody understand? They look religious, but if you watch them long enough, you'll know you, don't, you ain't got it. You, do, you just don't have it. Look at what he said. Let's read that again. Having a form of godliness... But denying the power thereof, from such do what? Get away from them. And that goes on with what we were, what I said last week. What was the statement I made last week? I won't waste my time with people that don't want to change. They in church but don't want to change. That's why I said that. That's the Bible for you, just in case that was hard to swallow. You don't waste your time with people that don't want to change. Because religious people, they're the hardest people to convert. Everybody understand? It says, so it says, from such, turn away. Leave them alone. Why does it say that? That's the reason why I don't, I don't argue with fools. I don't go back and forth with folks that already know everything. If you already know everything, then go on about your business. 
I'm not, I'm not going to waste my breath or God's thoughts being given to me with you. Everybody understand? If you already know everything, then go on and live your life. Because if you know everything, you ought to be able to create a heaven for yourself to go to when you leave here. Everybody see? My job is to teach you how to get there. You see? So verse 6, it says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly who? Laden with what? Now, now, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen this play out. Notice it didn't say silly men. They leading away silly women. Laden with sin. You know what that means? What it means to be laden? That means you're burdened. You got a bunch of... When you, you got a, like an ox, you got a bunch of sin on your back that you're toting around. And so it's, it's what this is saying is silly women, they fall for it. You can't live without sin. That's, that's, that's exactly what their ears want to hear. Everybody understand? And they, and they get led away. Look at what that says there. Lead, and lead away, lead captive, silly women laden with sins, led away with what? Diverse lusts. Anybody that ever leave the truth is because they're already laden with sin. They got things they want to do that this Bible says that they should not do. God is not mocked. Everybody understand? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Look what it says there. Ever learning. Always, they're not going to stop reading the Bible, hardly. In fact, they may even start getting some, some new revelation from somewhere. Ever learning. Now, let me make this clear. Just because you're learning don't mean you're growing. Because you have to ask yourself, what am I learning? And how does this even contribute to my life in growing? Everybody understand? If your learning doesn't make you grow, then you need to learn something new. Everybody understand? Ever learning and never, everybody see that? Ever and never. <laughs> Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of what? The truth. So here's the question. Now this is a loaded, loaded verse here. If they're ever learning, which means they're getting some kind of knowledge. If they're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of what? The truth, then what is it that they are learning? Lies. Everybody see that? There's only two sides to it, truth and lies. If you're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, then that means the things that you're learning are lies. And what do lies do? They bound people. Just like what we read in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. Now let's read. Now this is our key verse, and this is what we really want to pay attention to. Then we'll go look at it. Verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Everybody see that? Do y'all know who Janus and Jambres were? They were the magicians. 
they were the magicians. They were the sorcerers. That when Moses had Aaron throw down his rod and it turned into a, a snake, Janice and Jambers threw down their rods as well and theirs turned into a snake. How many of you have heard that story? How many of you know that wasn't the only thing that Janice and Jambres did? Let's go read that. It says, now as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses. Now, this is what we really have to pay attention to if, if we want to really get what the Lord is saying because this is the, the dead center of the message tonight. The Bible says, now as these two men withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Now, if we're going to know how religious people who deny the power of God resist the truth, then we have to know how, how did Janice and Jambres do it. Because the Bible says just like they did it, that's what these men do. This is, the exact pattern is how they resist the truth. Everybody understand? So it's very important when you see something like this, a scripture like this, that you really think about. So God, if you're saying, if you want me to know how to deal with and how to spot someone that resists the truth and how to deal with them, then show me. Now that was my prayer when the Lord brought this message to me to preach. Show me how did Janus and Jambres withstand Moses? Everybody see? Look at what that says. The last part of that verse. Men of what kind of mind? Corrupt minds. Reprobate concerning what? The faith. So their minds are corrupted and they're already reprobate. But look at what that says. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further. Why? For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. This is talking about Janus and Jambres. It's saying that these people that resist the truth, like Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, the day will come where the word folly is where we get our word foolishness. The day will come where their foolishness will be manifest unto all men. In other words, it's going to be very, very clear Who's, who's following God and who's not. Why? Because ultimately your life will testify of it. Everybody understand? If you have a preacher that's preaching holiness and righteousness and you got somebody withstanding that, then what is their life going to look like? Laden with sin and excuses and even a few Bible verses to try to... <laughs> support their sin. So it says, as they resisted. Everybody understand? It says that, but their foolishness shall proceed, for their foolishness shall be made manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now I'll tell you that's something that um, that's something that we experience uh, in this ministry. Even now, I'm gonna share with you that let's you know because our minds might be way off somewhere, 
when it really needs to be right here, and, and the Lord talking to us today who are here as well, presently. You, you tell people, you know, people come for advice. You tell them, this is how you should handle this. This is how you should handle that. And just like Janice and Jambres, they withstand. They, they resist the truth. And then before you know it, they become victims of their own whatever it is that they choose to go with. Everybody understand? The Bible says, not to spare the rod. It says, beat them with the rod, for it will not kill them. It says, beat them, and you'll save their souls from hell. Doesn't it say that? But Janice and Jambres don't want to hear that. Janice and Jambres, they come up with another way. Janice, Janice puts his children on time out. Jambres, he just talks to his. He might smack them every now and then when they get on his nerves. But they come up with other ways, resisting that truth. And just like Janice and Jambres, their foolishness is made manifest to all men. When you reject the truth, you make a fool of yourself. And it will be in, on public display. Everybody understand? You, as a parent, you are not smarter than God. God says to not spare the rod. And he says, while you are whooping them, don't spare for their crying. Don't, don't be emotionally moved because they're crying. That don't settle the matter at all. He says, you will deliver your child from hell if you beat them with the rod. And he didn't say it a nice way. He said, beat them. He didn't say spank them. He didn't say pluck them. Beat. Everybody see that? B-E-A-T. Beat them with the rod. My mother tells the story of when I was a little boy and I was in church and I got to cutting up. She, start, she took my hand and started pulling me down the aisle. And she said I would be screaming and jerking or trying to pull away from her while church is going on. No, mama, no. No, mama, no. Why? Because I knew what that meant. I'm about to get beat. Now let me share with you. I'm just, we're going to make it personal tonight. Let me share with you how I know is that that ain't going on. When your child cutting up and you get you stand up with them to whoop them, but they just going along like, hey, I made it, everybody. I'm out of here. You got to make the other room a terror to them. 
so that when they get back, they'll be happy to be still and be quiet. Everybody understand? But Janice and Jambres don't see that. No, that Janice and Jambres, they got their own way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm, now, I'm going to keep being made a fool of, just like the Bible says. But eventually, it's going to catch on. Except it doesn't. God is not mocked. Everybody see that? I'm, I'm just showing you how easy it is. So let's not, let's not get our minds way off somewhere with this Janice and Jambres. Janice and Jambres is a part of GTD Ministries. They resist the truth. Whatever it is they feel like at the moment, that's what we're going to go with. But that's not what the Bible says. Beat them with the rod. It won't kill them. Beat them yourself. Save their souls from hell. Everybody understand? Don't say pluck them. Beat them. Everybody understand? Make it count. Don't make that a play. It's not supposed to be pleasant. Everybody understand? Now, uh, so uh, we're all thinking here now. Not way off in La La Land where, uh-oh, somebody left the ministry or somebody resisting the truth that we don't know about. Maybe he'll go. No, we're talking about us here resisting the truth. Everybody understand? Yeah. So if we're, if we're going to know how men of corrupt minds resist the truth, then we have to know how Janice and Jambres did it. So let's go look at that. Let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of Exodus. Now, I, you know, I, I really, I really, really wish that, um, I really wish that people would be honest with themselves. When you hear the word of God preached, don't, don't put me in the mix of it. This is not my word. Just say, you know what? I'm not ready to live that word. Don't say that you don't believe my preaching. Because this is not my word. Everything I preach, I can back it up with Bible. That's why we read scriptures the way we do. So don't, don't put me, don't pull me into your disobedience. As if this is my spin on it. Everybody understand? I don't have a spin because I didn't call myself to preach. This is, this is God's word, not, not mine. So whatever issue you have with God's word, you, you need to take that up with him. Everybody understand? And you know that's what people don't like? How many of you, you know, have dealt with that in customer service? You didn't get a good service, and you, you, you're tempted to fuss about it. And some of you may have even been the middleman where you can tell people, you know what, I ain't this. Look, here's the number to our corporate office. You don't like the beans that was cooked or whatever. You don't like your cell phone service. Take it up with them. I ain't got nothing to do with those towers. I'm just trying to get paid. I'm just, I'm just trying to pay my bills. That's all. Everybody understand? Some of you know what I'm talking about, and that's the way I am. I'm just trying to deliver myself from your blood when I preach. 
If you got an issue with the mail you're getting, take it up with the one that sends the mail, not the one that delivers it. Everybody understand? Take it up with the one that sent it to begin with. All right, so the seventh chapter of the book of Exodus, we're going to start reading at verse, let's start reading at verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a what? Everybody see that? Everybody see? Now you have to understand that. <laughs> if you're going to understand why Janice and Jambres were withstanding Moses. God told Moses, see, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh. Everybody see that? You know what he was telling him? Your word is going to be the final say, Moses. The things I'm going to speak through you, they're going to be so concrete, he's not going to be able to get around it. He told one of his prophets, another prophet, I won't let any of your words fall to the ground. You know what that meant? That he had such a, whoever this prophet was, he had such, such a good relationship with God. If he'd, have spoke, if he'd have woke up and said, you know what, God, I don't feel like the sun shining today. I, you know, my eyes, I got a headache. Just, just dim the sun for the rest of the day. Don't even let it come up. It would have been so. And so God tells Moses, see, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. In other words, Moses to Pharaoh, you're going to be just like me. What he was telling Moses was, you are the absolute authority in this situation. So picture it this way, for those of us that have had siblings. You got a sibling that you don't necessarily like because they always, you know, trying to boss you around, tell you what to do. So they tell you, John, go wash the dishes. And you say, well, who are you to tell me? You're, you're a child just like I am. John, go wash the dishes. Well, no, I'm not going to go wash the dishes. And you fall off to sleep. Well, who's waking you up with a belt? Mom and daddy. Why? Because it was really their word. But that was, that sibling was God to you. Everybody understand? This, so I want you to, I want to show you why people withstand or resist the truth. Number one, they don't like being told anything. Number two, they don't like authority. And what God was doing was saying, you know what, Moses, these people don't hardly believe in what they don't see. They see you, and I'm going to make you a God to them. Everybody understand? Look what it says there. See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be who? Thy prophet. He's going to speak on behalf of you. Now let's go down to verse 8. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for, for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did 
So as the Lord had commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Everybody see that? So this begins a pattern. This begins a pattern of Moses, Mr. God, I can do whatever you do. Now, I want you to notice, now let me share with you the issue that they had with Moses. One of the issues. You keep in mind that Moses was raised as an Egyptian. He was raised as the grandson of Pharaoh. So to these magicians and to Pharaoh, it wasn't a big thing that Moses could do this trick because you grew up here. You just like us. You went to the same schools we went to, magician school. Everybody understand? Now I'm trying to show you what's at the crux of people resisting the truth. You just like me. You're human just like I am. You made mistakes in your life. Let me learn on my own. You ain't no better than me. Everybody understand? Especially when people think they know your background. Everybody see that lovers of sales coming out? All right, so that's that's the first example. Let's let's keep reading now. Uh, let's go down to verse um, seventeen. It says, "Thus said the Lord: In this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite the rod that is in my hand." Now, this is Moses talking to Pharaoh. I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe, in other words, hate to drink of the water of the river. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood, now watch this very carefully, that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Now pay close attention to this next part. Both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Everybody see what they're saying there? It wasn't just one river that would have blood in it, or one body of water. It was any water that you find throughout Egypt, including the water that they had already drawn up in vessels to drink later or to take baths in later. Whatever, so let's say, for instance, Moses would stretch his, his, his uh, Aaron would stretch his rod out across the Tennessee River. 
but you live in Memphis. You live 100 miles from that river, but you heard it's got some good drinking water there, and you went and you, you took bucket loads of water back home with you. When Aaron stretched his rod out over that river to turn it into blood, whatever you had in your refrigerator 100 miles away, that was going to turn into blood. What was, what was going on? God was spiritually trying to show nobody is going to get by. Now, let me show, share with you what this means spiritually. God, in his own wisdom, he preaches his word where nobody can have an excuse except, you know what, I'm just being disobedient. I don't really feel like living that right now. Everybody understand? All right, so let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 20. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded, and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned into blood, and the fish that was in the river died, and the river stank. And the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river, and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. Isn't that something? And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. Everybody see that? And all, and, verse 23, And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither did he set his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled after that the Lord had smitten the river. In other words, for seven days, at least, they had no water to drink. They tried digging around the river to see if they could find some fresh water and couldn't find it. All right, so now let's go on to chapter 8. Let's start reading at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus said the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come up in, and come into thine house, and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. Isn't that something? In other words, everywhere you, you're not going to have, you're not going to even have a sanctuary in your own home. You can shut your door, close your, bed, close your bedroom door, all of that. Everywhere you turn, frogs are going to be. Verse 4, and the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all thy servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch forth thine hand with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt, and the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon who? The land of Egypt. Everybody see that? Now let's go down to verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand 
with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast. Now let me go back. Let's go back and read that again. Look at what the Lord said in verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land. Now let's read verse 17. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of what? The earth, and it became lice in who? Why? Because we come from dust. So you think about that. Not, a lot of times when people hear about this plague, they think about it just being lice on the ground because that was the dust. They miss people had lice in their flesh now. Everybody see? Animals had lice. Now look at what that says. And in the and in beasts, last part of verse 17, all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but what? They could not. So there were lice upon man and upon beast. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had what? Said. Everybody see that? So now they're at least acknowledging there's something out there stronger than we are. Because we tried and we couldn't do it. Let's go now. To chapter 9, we'll start reading at verse 8. Chapter 9, verse 8. Is everybody there? And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace. Now, how many plagues were was it? Ten plagues, right? I want us to think about us as individuals in here tonight. All God is trying to do is get the attention of hard headed people. Everybody understand? He's trying to get their attention. Now, notice now, who real attention is he trying to, because the Bible says he hardened Pharaoh's heart. So we can't blame Pharaoh. Pharaoh he, he can't help himself because God is hardening his heart. So whose attention is he trying to get? His. His people's attention. The, the Israelites. In other words, I want y'all to know that I'm stronger than these folks that y'all been serving. Now to us today, he said, I want you to know that I'm stronger than this sin that you've been serving. Now in his mercy, 
He's using the Egyptians. The, the Israelites aren't dealing with the plagues. Everybody understand? The plagues were directed towards the Egyptians. And he's using the Egyptians to teach his own people a lesson. He knows Egypt will never serve me. They'll never belong to me. But he's using them to get the Israelites' attention, the Jews. I'm trying to get y'all attention. Now here's, here's what God is telling us in here tonight, the people that are sitting here tonight. You need to grow from other people's plagues. Everybody understand? You need to have enough sense to look at other people who don't belong to God, look at how their life is going, and learn from that. Because if not, you'll be just like the Israelites. You'll be in the wilderness with your own plagues. You'll be claiming, I've been delivered from Egypt and from sin. But then you'll be in the wilderness Still going around the same. You know that's all it was. There wasn't 40 years of wilderness for them to travel. They were going around the same mountain, the mountain of Z-I-N. What we call sin. Dealing with the same junk over and over again. And the whole time for 40 years, God was judging them. They, all they would have had to do was look at what happened and pay attention to what happened in Egypt. And say, you know what? We don't want none of that. But no, I'm going to be just like Janice and Jambres. I have to learn for myself. I got my own mind. I don't want to learn from anybody. I take the 40 years in the, in the wilderness, Lord. Everybody understand? And God is saying, you ain't got to do that. Just look at the folks you grew up with. The ones that's not serving me. The ones that call you and complain all the time. The ones that don't want to hear about what God is doing in your life. The ones that you have to keep from telling what God is doing in your life. Look at them. Those are your plagues. Everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and read now. <laughs> the ninth chapter, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh, and it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt, and, and shall be a boil, breaking forth with blains. Those were ulcers, sores all over their bodies, in other words. Upon man and upon beast throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven. And it became a ball breaking forth with blames upon man and upon beasts. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the ball was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. Everybody see that? So then it got to the point where now up until this point, they was trying everything that Moses was trying. 
But here the Bible says they couldn't stand before Moses. Why? Because they were sick. God had had enough of that resisting. I'm going to just put you on your back. Everybody understand? So the Bible tells us, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these men resist the truth. Spiritually, so what was going on? I'm going to tell you what it was. They had an answer for everything that Reverend Moses was preaching. They had an answer. Reverend Moses was telling them, be ye holy, for I am holy. They were responding, but I'm just flesh and blood. God knows my heart. Everybody understand? Just like Janice and Jambres. And listen, so what was going on? Not only did they have an answer, but they, in their minds, we got proof that my way works. See that? My child is still in one piece. I can tell them to do something every now and then, and they'll obey on the first time. My way working. But I want to share with you the wisdom of God. Because just like Satan, he's doing stuff over here, but got you paying attention here. God does the same thing. Where if you disobey this, it will get you here. The Bible says what we just read in, the second, in second Timothy. But just like their foolishness was manifest unto all men, so shall theirs be talking about people that resist the truth. Now let me explain to you what the foolishness was, just in case you missed it. Moses, by the power of God, brought plagues upon Egypt. Janice and Jambres did the same thing. Not on the Israelites, on Egypt. Moses was able to turn the blood, water into blood. Janice and Jamers didn't go next door to Somalia and turn their water into blood. No, Moses, we're going to help you plague ourselves. Just like their foolishness was made manifest. Everybody understand? Now, isn't that something? So what is God saying? When people, we're talking today now, when people resist the truth, they're plaguing their own selves. Every time they come back with a but, you're guaranteed a self-curse. If I tell you, you can live without sin, and you come back with, but you are cursing yourself with sin. If I tell you, you need to beat your children with the rod, it won't kill them, and you tell me, but 
this is working out for me. Your children ain't got to live in my house. Everybody understand? That's your water that you're turning into blood. When you resist the truth, the only thing you can do is curse yourself. Why? Because when you resist the truth, it means that you are speaking lies. Now, let me show you that. Let's think about what happened in the book of Genesis. When, in the third chapter, when Eve believed a lie and Adam followed that lie, what did God come down and do? He spoke curses. And really what he was doing was bringing the past what they had already brought the past on themselves. He was just letting them know this is the way it's going to happen. It wasn't him working his fingers to curse Adam and Eve. They had already cursed themselves by what? Resisting the truth. Okay, Eve, you want to do what you want to do? Don't want to consult your husband? In sorrow, you're going to bring children into this world. What should be a happy occasion at that very moment, you're going to be sad about it. Okay, Adam, you want to follow your wife and not do what I told you to do in the first place? By the sweat of your brow, you're going to have to work. And then the earth ain't going to yield forth her fruit in full strength like I had originally planned. Okay, Satan, you want to use this serpent to deceive these people? I'm going to curse this serpent on the belly of your earth, on, the, on your belly. You're going to eat dust for the rest of your days. As long as there is an earth. Everybody see that? So we're talking about people who, when they resist the truth, and this, I'm telling you, I see it even among us sitting here today. We resist the truth and we have no idea that we are setting ourselves up. And it, it, and it is almost always immediately when I'm sitting up here preaching, I'm not preaching for nothing. This is not, these things that are being preached, they're not optional. I can't tell you the number of times I've had to spank my children and didn't want to spank them. That ain't, I don't, I don't, it's not in me to want to bring pain to, the, to, to a child. But it's also not in me to dis, want to disobey God. It's also not in me not to want to be eternally separated from my children, knowing that I'm, I'm part of the reason why their soul was not delivered from hell. It's not in me to want to visit my children in jail because I've taught rebellion. Everybody understand? So when we resist the truth, when we resist these instructions that God, these are instructions, not options, not multiple choice. These are instructions. And when we resist these instructions, we're bringing plagues in our own lives. Everybody understand? Now this is for us to do a self-check. Look at what it is in your life that's continuous. What is it in your life that you wish God would remove? That, you, that you're plagued with? And it don't have to be lice. 
It don't have to be rats and roaches. It could just be something, just something that you know, you know what, God has something better for me than this. But it could be a cycle that you're stuck in that ultimately is detrimental to you. Think about the plagues that's in your, these are plagues. Everybody understand? So if you can identify something in your life that maybe you've even been praying about, God, please take this from me. Please help me with this situation. I don't want to be this way anymore. You know what you have to do? You have to also ask God, where did I resist your truth at? Because I'm tired of my foolishness being manifest. Where did I reject you at, Lord? Because I'm going to tell you, plagues, they don't expire just because they have an expiration date. They expire when you go back to that truth and you bow down to it. Everybody understand? And that is what God wants us to understand. When you resist the truth, you keep yourself in a bad place. Everybody understand? If you have your Bibles now, just real quick, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. fifth chapter of the book of Jeremiah. And I just, I just want to read this um, to, to help us to see something. My prayers is that this will change your life uh, the way that it changed mine. The fifth chapter of the book of Jeremiah, we're going to start, um, we'll start reading at verse 20. says, declare this in the house of Jacob and publish it in Judah, saying, everybody see that? And he, what he's saying is, to me, declare this to people who say they belong to me. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 21, hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Fear ye not me, said the Lord, will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by perpetual decree that it cannot pass it, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot, can they not pass over it? In other words, just look at nature. You can have the biggest waves roaring in that sea. But because I've set the sand there and I told those waves not to go past it, they will not. Everybody understand? What else makes a wave just stop right there? Why don't it just keep going? And you know that when it does keep going, that's a tsunami or something like that, and then we know that that's called by of God. But what makes that not the norm? God is the one that sets the boundaries. Everybody understand? And he's saying, if you can look at my display of power in nature, 
then why are you not afraid of me? Why aren't you serving me? If you can see, just look at, just look at natural disasters. I was looking at the news uh, last night, I think it was, and the, uh, the uh, meteorologist was saying how it only take a foot of water to float your vehicle. So you can be driving down the street. If it's got a foot of standing water there, it can pick your car up and just take it on down the street. Now that's something for us to think about. You see the power of God there. So let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 23 says, But this people have a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolting, revolted and gone. Everybody see that? Meaning they're not even considering anymore. They so far, they so far removed from just things that should get their attention. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 24. Neither say there in their heart, let us now fear the Lord, our God, that giveth rain, both the former and the latter, in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. In other words, he's saying they won't even look at the good. So if you can't, if you won't fear me and nature and my power. You won't even look, you won't even look at the other side of any in my goodness. If my wrath don't cause you to serve me, why don't my goodness cause you to serve me? Look what he says. Verse 25. Now let's pay real close attention to this because God is talking to some people tonight here. Your iniquities have turned away these things. What good thing? What things? The former and the latter rain. Let's go and keep reading. And your sins have withholden good things from you. Now I'm telling you, when I read that verse years ago, that changed my life. Because I could no longer think that I just had bad luck. I could no longer sit back and think, well, they're blessed because maybe they're just in that wave of blessing. God blesses who you want to bless and curse who you want to curse. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say that anymore. I had to say within myself, God has good things for everybody. But because of my disobedience, because I'm resisting the truth, Like Janice and Jambres, he's forced to forced to withhold those good things. And so when I read that, I got busy obeying. Okay, God, I don't know how much you withheld so far, but you can you can open your hands now. I'm gonna be good. Everybody understand? You can have the biggest dreams in this world. You can, in your mind, you can think, you know what, I know God has something for me, whatever that something may be. And God, in his grace and mercy, he may have even given you a dream about what he has for you. But he's not a tease. Everybody understand? No, God isn't wearing a, 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 a tight skirt 
in front of you and then telling you to back off when you try to hit on him. He's got your house sitting right up here on this table. Just right in plain sight. Some of you pass by it every day. Got it right here sitting on this table. Right in front of you. But you know what happens? It's not that you're coming up to him and he's taking it and hiding it behind his back. Your sins separate you from him. You're not getting close enough to get it in the first place. Because you know that means I got to commit all the way. I got to be real. No, I'm not ready for that yet, Lord. I'll pay rent for the rest of my life. I'll walk for the rest of my life. Everybody understand? And God said, here it is. It ain't, it ain't going nowhere. Whenever you're ready to get real and real, real with me, I, I, it's up here for you whenever you want it. Everybody understand? God said, and you, what are you saying? No, that's a, that's a trick. I can't, no, I'm not going for that. How many of you ever had a little child that wasn't fond of you? You called them over. Nate. You pull out candy. What are they thinking? No, you got me the first time, not this time. I'm wiser now. I, I don't care what you pull out. I, I'm not coming for that because you try to grab me. And God does the same thing. Yeah, I'm trying to grab you out of hell. I'm trying to save you. So you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to do the opposite of what I did in Egypt. I'm going to have to let you watch me bless other people. See, this is what obedience gets blessed like. This is what it looks like when you're in my perfect will and you're on one accord. See what this looks like? Don't you want some of this? No, I'm not ready for that. I'm going to keep on resisting that truth. Now, the danger is this. The more you resist it, the more bitter you get. Everybody understand? And the harder you have to work trying to obtain what God will withhold from you. There's no substitute. Everybody understand? I'm telling you there's no substitute. You, you, you're going to have to go the natural route and still won't be able to obtain it. Everybody understand? That's not God's will. I would be a very, very sad parent if I had bought my child a Honda Accord but they so scared I'm going to ask them to wash the dishes. They don't want to come get the keys. So they're satisfied with the bike that I bought them when they were 12. Now I'm not going to make you take these keys. Not going to make you take them at all. Everybody understand? <laughs> I hope we get it.
that our sins is what withhold what God has for us. Everybody see the good things. I'm telling you, when I read that, I, it just it opened my understanding. God is not a respecter of persons. And I, I, I shudder to think the amount of blessings that I, I had withheld from me because of my disobedience, my being in and out, in and out. My, you know, I'm not sold out yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to live for God yet, whatever. Then I think, you know, now I'm, I'm glad that things have turned around. But that was me at a young age, in my 20s. But I think about people now, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, still in that cycle. Yeah, they may have gone out and bought a house, but they can't afford it. They may have gone out and bought a house, but they got to work two jobs and their marriage is suffering. Everybody understand? The Bible says that the Lord blessings, they don't add a curse to you. Everybody understand? God's blessings are not a curse to you. You don't have to break your back to keep what God blesses you with. Everybody understand? They don't add a sorrow. They don't add sorrow to you. You ain't got to go out and buy a big house to show off with. Only to hate the job that you have to work to keep that house. You still plagued. Everybody understand? My wife and I, we've shared this. We retired, both of us now. Uh, so I retired in 2005, so I was on my 31st birthday. That was my retirement. And my wife retired last year. And we've told family members we retired, and they're wondering how, what, who? God is how. Obedience is how. Now, I can't tell you what a blessing it is for us to be able to serve God's people. That be the, our whole time is to serve God's people. That's a blessing to us. But you don't get that. And whatever, and now that, that may not be for everybody. And I'm not telling, trying to tell you, if you serve God with your whole heart, you'll be able to retire at 31. I'm telling you, whatever God has for you, you need to be obedient so you'll know what God has for you. You'll be able to obtain whatever it is he has for you. Everybody understand? That's God's will. But it goes back to not resisting the truth. If you found yourself in a plague, and I, I can name several of them. Everybody understand? Just everyday stuff that people go through that they think is just normal because they're going through it. But it's not normal if it goes against God's word. Everybody understand? You don't have to be depressed. 
that's a plague. But when you resist the truth, now I've preached on depression. And what the beginning of depression is, is lover of self, is you focusing on self. I preached that and you'd have thought I'd shot somebody because people couldn't stand it. Well, you know, doctors this and doctors, but doctors don't heal depression. Neither do those pills. None of that is a fix for it. Get out of self and start loving other people like you love yourself and you'll come out of depression. Love God and you'll come out of depression. Ain't none of God's people depressed. Everybody understand? Because when you really belong to God, and, and listen, when you're obeying God's word, the devil can't ride you to the ground. But people proud. And they think, they, they look at it like, well, you just talking bad about whatever you want to call it, devil. I know the power of God, but see, that's the whole what we just read. They have a form of godliness. They go to church on Sunday. On Monday, they's laying on somebody's couch telling them all their problems. They praying more to a psychiatrist than they are to God. They deny the power. And you know what I've determined years ago? Some people want to be afflicted. Don't, don't, you don't, don't. I, I learned years ago, don't pray for somebody that want it. Everybody understand? Because they will fight you tooth and nail to keep it. Some people love affliction because they love the attention that comes with it. Okay, crazy. Janice and Jambres, your foolishness will be made manifest. Everybody understand? That's not God's will. So let's come out of that. Let's live for God. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for what you spoke to us today. Thank you, Lord, for making your word plain to us. Lord, we ask that you will reach the people with this word that you want to reach, Lord. I ask that you will touch their hearts. Help them, Lord, to examine themselves. Whatever plagues may be in their life, Lord, because of them resisting the truth, Lord, I ask that you will make it plain to them. Help, Lord, people to come to themselves and realize when they're being plagued what's the norm and what's not. Help them, Lord, to come out of that if they've accepted the plagues. Help them to see that that's not your will for them. Help them, Lord, to come to themselves so that they can be delivered. Lord, I pray also that you will bring them to the truth that they've resisted. Help them to go back to that thing, Lord, that they did not accept in their hearts. Lord, give them a heart and a mind to repent and to make it right so that those plagues can be lifted, so that they can live the abundant life that you've called them to live. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now, we'll go ahead and dismiss you all. We'll meet up tomorrow if the Lord says the same to discuss what we've heard tonight.